I cannot turn on television, go online and look at an article without seeing how somebody is trying to scam the American consumer, Mike. It's getting overwhelming. It's all over the place. Yeah. We are going to talk about how to try to make sure your financial advisor is not a crook. <laughs> and we're not going to talk Sam Wiles or any of that. It's going to be actual <laughs> financial stuff. From finance to family. It's meant for everyday people to understand and you don't have to stress about technical terms and stuff. They, they just say it like a real person. And maintaining your lifestyle. I'm ready to go fishing. It's time for Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester of Talon Wealth, along with Kristen Charles. Join the conversation at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike, you know I love a good fun fact. And I found that... I like them too, by the way. I mean, depending on what they are, but yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a fun fact as long as it's not like... Some of them are are gross, uh, but... (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) Well, the folks at the University of Minnesota have found that just five minutes in nature can improve your mood, reduce stress, enhance your overall well-being, and reduce blood pressure your heart rate Mm -hmm. and muscle tension, and the production of stress hormones if you just take five minutes to go out in nature every single day to reduce How long do you think this is going to take? Will I get some time today for nature? You'll have time for nature because this is like a 10 to 15 minute kind of conversation here. I was was telling you a minute ago, I'm almost in nature nature, because the studio, there's there's a window in front of me and a Mm -hmm. field. And this uh, this gopher tortoise is just I can see him marching across the field and stopping and eating some grass. And it's kind of like a cow, but a tortoise, you know, they just stop and graze and then they move on. So um, I'm practically in nature right now. Air conditioned nature. So in the state of Florida. Yes. Stay cool. My gosh. Have you seen the temperature situation with Arizona and the it's bad Vegas? I mean, they're talking about it. It, It's it's awful. I think the uh, temperature on land in Marathon down in the Keys of Florida mm-hmm. is the same as the temperature of the, as the water right now. I want to say I saw that on the news. Uh, I mean, it's it's warm everywhere. Degrees. It would not be 98 degrees. There's no way the water, I seriously doubt. I mean, that's, that's not even possible. But okay, uh, well, it could be, uh, you know, high 70s, low, I mean, mid 80s maybe. I don't know. that There'd be fish boiling to the surface if, if the water temperature was 90 degrees. So I degrees. think maybe I misunderstood that fun speaking fact. Of, uh, speaking of, you know, nature, five minutes in nature, you know, that's not the kind of nature we're looking for. Yeah. See, this is why we make a good team. I'm like, I think I heard yeah. this one thing and you're like, I that's impossible, Kristen. I don't think that's not a fun fact. That's a false fact. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very stressful for the fish if that were the case. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of stress, a lot of us want to figure out Hey, how do we know our money is in good hands? And that applies in every way of life. But most of us have seen the recent Bank of America headlines. And we know that, yes, they're one of our country's biggest banks. And we've had so much Mm -hmm. banking news this year. Let's add this to it. Regulators found that Bank of America double dipped on some fees, withheld credit card rewards, and even opened fake accounts on behalf of a few customers. They were ordered by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Wow, what if that was on your business card? To pay more <laughs> than that's a, abbreviated, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're paying more than a hundred million dollars back to customers. Love that part. Mm-hmm. And ninety million dollars in penalties, and that's not it. Another federal I think bank it was 60 regulator. Sixty million in penalties, actually. Yeah. And another federal bank also ordered them to pay an additional sixty million in fines. So, see, we're both oh, on the same you. page. It just adds no. up in different ways there. It is. Regardless, if they did wrong, this is what you got to do, right? But 
like many of our listeners and viewers, Mike, mm-hmm. I don't like big government. However, federal regulators just reminded us all why we have to kind of keep our guards up no matter where we put our money. Obviously, there's risk with investing. Like, I want to get sure. that the big disclaimer out of the way. No doubt you could lose your money in the stock market. Mm-hmm. But how do we know putting our money with a financial advisor and institution is going to be okay after crazy stories like this? Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot of them, Kristen. Um, so this banking story isn't all that different. I don't know if you remember, but Wells Fargo a few years back, I did, it's, it's the same issue. So um, it was uh, same scenario, the opening multiple accounts. Um, they had to pay fine. I mean, there's a lot going on there. And if you look at the news that just came out, um, this week, um, the, you know, as of the airing of, of this little podcast here we're doing, but, um, banks are claiming huge profits because the interest rates are so much higher. So they're spread Heck yeah, they now, are. right? So they're, so if they're getting, you know, if you look at the fed funds rate versus the rate they're paying people on their savings account, the banks are making money hand over fist. So the more, the more, um, accounts that they can generate, the more profitable that it is. So. Uh, you mentioned regulation, and and we don't necessarily like big government, but I don't find too many people that mind uh, the government making sure that their money is safe, right? Whether right. it's the uh, FDIC, you know, at the bank, or SIPC when it comes to uh, brokerage firms. Um, but that's just one layer of it, right? That that's insurance on accounts. Then you've got banks doing this, so it's nice that we have regulators. But back to your question, how do you know that the the firm that you're working with, or the financial advisor? Uh, that you're working with is, is going to be safe with your money. So the first thing that pops up into my mind is uh, Bernie Madoff, right? Oh. So that, that was a while back, but uh, a lot of people got hurt with that. I mean, in fact, we've had um, post-Bernie clients come work with us because they're, really? I mean, there were, they're, yeah, there were so many of them and, and they got hurt really, really bad in that mm-hmm. scenario. And people wonder, well, how, how can this get set up and how does it keep happening over and over again? And we hear about these Ponzi schemes and advisors running away with money. So um, I think it's really, really important to inform investors on the resources that they have available to them to make sure that uh, their financial advisors on the up and up. So the first thing that you want to make sure of, uh, in my opinion, is that working with a fiduciary. Right. So uh, working with a fiduciary, the idea of that is you're working with somebody that is legally required to have put your best interest ahead of their best interest. Right. Okay. So we talk about it on a radio show. Um, we, We are aware of other people that are out there, whether it's radio shows or seminars or just advertisements online where they're sort of propping themselves up as a fiduciary, but then they turn around and sell products. Um, so to me, that's problematic because you're saying you're something that you aren't. Is it fraud? I don't know, but I think it's misleading. Right. If you're going to if you say you're a fiduciary, you shouldn't be, be getting commissions, be a fiduciary, you know, but uh, don't go take commissions on annuities and stuff like that. Um, but then take it to the to the next level. So uh, how do you know that your financial advisor isn't a crook? Well, theoretically, <laughs> you know, just give me I mean, a that, second on that. <laughs> yeah. How do you know? How do you know your financial advisor is not a crook, right? You know what? That's the possibly working title of this podcast. We'll see. Okay, go ahead. Could be. (laughs) Well, there's different ways, Um, but uh, first of all, you want to make sure they're licensed, and that that doesn't cover all your bases. So just make sure they're licensed to to provide you with the advice that uh, they're providing you. Um, One of the things that's really annoying to me is. Uh, I'll be driving along in my truck, listening to the radio uh, or listening to satellite radio, but I'm just taking, you know, there's the radio or there's the show and then there's the ads, right? There are so many ads and and because 
we do radio and because we do podcasts, obviously, I'm curious. I, I probably listen more to the details of the advertisement than your average listener, just because we're in the financial that, services industry, right? That's true, because I'll get a phone call, Christian, you're not going to believe what this one guy's yeah, talking I mean, about. And and it's, uh, because it, it's, it's, well, I just can't figure out how they're threading the needle on all the regulation that's actually out there about what you can and can't say. And then they're saying things that, um, uh, to my ear, are, are very misleading, um, because I know what's on the back end of the pitch, right? But right. Um, somehow... Uh, they're doing it, and they're doing it in a big way nationally. And usually what I find is that they found this loophole where um, – and, and, and there is a loophole in, in the code where – and this is just one example. There's many. Um, but there's a way that if it's not considered financial advice – and it's, it's a very fine line. Uh, but there's a way that if it's not considered financial advice – so, for example, um, it's a publication or it's something, right? It's not intended okay. to be financial advice and there's big, long disclosure at the end. That immediately makes me really leery because I know that they're trying to use the publication, you know, part of the law to get around the disclosures of, um, hey, we're not actually licensed. So so the licensing, what I'm getting at is the licensing is really, really important um, because if, if, if the advisor is licensed, they are going to have to abide by rules. Um, so we've got entities like uh, FINRA, uh, Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. So for the most part, they regulate uh, the bro what's called the broker-dealer space, and that's going to be things like the sales of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, um, variable products like variable annuities, things like real estate investment trusts. But a lot of people over time have worked with a broker. There's a pretty good chance that if you're working with a financial advisor at a big firm, uh, they may have a license that uh, FINRA is uh, basically the, the regulatory authority on. Um, outside of that, you'll find advisors that are working through um, the SEC, uh, Securities mm -hmm. Exchange Commission, and, and that's usually where the fiduciary standard uh, comes about. But if you if you look at that, then uh, the SEC is in charge of, of regulation. And some advisors will have both. But whether it's an advisor that's registered with the SEC or whether it's an advisor that's registered through FINRA and a broker-dealer, you can always go to FINRA Broker Check. Okay. And put in that advisor's name or put in the firm's name and do a background search. And what's nice about that is it, it, it may leave you on the FINRA website or it may lead you to the SEC website. Um, but regardless, you can look at the history of the advisor. So first of all, make sure that they're licensed because if, if, they, if, they're, if they're licensed, they'll be on there. If they're saying they're licensed and they're not on there, they're not licensed. Right. So make sure you're getting your advice from somebody who's licensed because then you have these entities that will – you know, at least try to protect you, right? Like do some uh, checks you, and balances. The system of checks and balances, right? And I'm not saying that um, an advisor who's registered can't be a fraud, but if they've been caught as a fraud, they're probably going to lose their license. Um, right. And anything that they've done in their history, I sometimes I'll hear these people on the radio and I'm amused by, you know, <laughs> how amazing that they think they are. Maybe they're amazing, I don't know. But but to them, they sound pretty amazing. And then I'm like, yeah, who is this person? Because... um uh, that was kind of an interesting comment that they made uh, about all of the things that they do. And then I pull them up and I mean, here, fairly recently I pulled one up and there's literally 12 disclosures on this individual. And, and I, disclosures I mean, I, so that everybody knows are this, uh, disclosures. So everybody knows would be regulatory disclosure. So there was, there was a complaint um, or uh, uh, you know, one of these entities, FINRA or the SEC 
they either found them doing something wrong or accused them of doing something wrong, or a client or somebody they work for is accusing them of doing something. So these are just disclosures of basically, if you're accused of wrongdoing, it has to be disclosed. Gotcha. Okay? And then there's going to be a process that they that go sense. through. And it's fair. It, it, it should be that way. You know, and whether you did something wrong or you didn't do something wrong, it's disclosed on there. So it also shows uh, how it was handled, like in the end, and, and then, if it was worked yeah, out and, or. Yeah, and that's what I was going to get to. So um, it, it's, you know, not everybody's going to get along with everybody. So it's, it's not uncommon uh, to find an investment advisor or a financial advisor that has disclosures. Uh, pretty much anything that's in your past. I mean, I've seen, you know, good advisors that maybe earlier in life. Uh, had some trouble along the way and they declared bankruptcy or something like that. (laughs) Silliness in college. I mean, that's going to be on there. Anything 18 plus is going to wind up on um, that disclosure. Your permanent record. Your permanent record. And so, you know, I I don't get overly concerned about, uh, geez, when I was 23 years old, I ran my credit card through the roof and I didn't have any money and, uh, you know, I declared bankruptcy or uh, I did something silly in college. That, That kind of stuff I don't get overly concerned about. Um, but when I see disclosure after disclosure after disclosure that were literally client complaints, mm. then you go like, well, hey, maybe there's a pattern here, right? So mm-hmm. this individual had, uh, I was surprised, I, uh, 12, 12 disclosures. And I believe at least nine of the 12, maybe 10 of the 12 were, none, and none of them were like bankruptcy or just something silly in college. It was all regulatory based on this client says they did something wrong or this client mm. said, you know, uh, they misrepresented something. And that kind of thing is a pattern, right? So going back to how do you protect yourself? Well, if I was uh, investing, I would want to know background uh, on the advisor. I'd first of all, make sure that they're licensed and registered to be an advisor. Uh, then second, I would go through the process of, well, let me, let me do a background check on them. Make sure that, you know, there aren't a bunch of people, you know, saying bad things or at least accusing them of bad things. Right. Um, and you might find something on there uh, that doesn't mean run away, but but read the details on it, you know, to, because like you said, there's going to be an outcome. Uh, so there was a complaint. Um, the uh, regulatory body, right, rather FINRA or SEC looked into it, and then they're going to have a determination of, uh, well, were they right or were they wrong or did they have to pay a fine or a penalty, like some sort of a settlement? And just take all that into consideration. Um, so there, there are ways to uh, protect yourself, but it really is due diligence on the part of the investor and the consumer, yeah, on the consumer, right, or the investor, uh, because they listen. I mean, the, some of the biggest shysters out there are people that are really good at convincing you they're a good person, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's usually the ni- oh they were the nicest, oh they were this, oh they were that. Those are the ones you find out later. I'm not saying nice guys are. I was nice gonna say because you're bad. kind of a nice guy, so I don't really know how. Yeah, to... yeah. I, I, well, I hope I don't come across as a shyster, you know. You don't. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's out there. I've seen a ton of it, and you know, going on 25 years in this industry, you know, um, seen a lot of it, and uh, it, it's it's unfortunate. It's disappointing. Um, there's a reason people are leery, you know, when it comes to trusting their money to an investment advisor. Um, a lot of times that fear will push people to big banks, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. we just, we're talking about bank of America. Well, the arm of bank of America that does financial services is Merrill Lynch, nothing against Merrill Lynch, but a lot of people are going to Merrill Lynch, um, because they feel like they're safer at Merrill Lynch because it's a big firm, but then we turn around and we find out bank of America has got this stuff going on. So it doesn't matter if it's a big bank, doesn't matter if it's a private firm like ours, just do your du- due diligence and also, you know, get more than one opinion. 
one thing I can tell you is that uh, if you're properly licensed and working as a fiduciary or working um, as an advisor um, for, for a broker dealer, we all have to play by the same rules. The laws are the same as an advisor when it comes to working with the consumer or the client across the board. Okay. Uh, so advisors at Talon would get in just as much trouble as an advisor or, or a big bank. And that's good to know because, you know, when we think big government, we think uh, there's some back way someone's benefiting from things. No, mm -hmm. it's nice to know that no matter what your role is in any company, you're subject to the same rules when it comes to the regulations. Excuse me, I've got a fuzz on my nose. I think it's just getting it. anxious yeah. talking about all this money. But <laughs> <laughs> there's also the component of, so I looked this guy or gal up on FINRA, on the SEC's website, and they only have like a couple minor things, maybe from back in college or, or a small dispute yeah. that was settled or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Or maybe there's nothing. Who knows? Yep. And we decide to work with that person. We feel good about them. How do we know that our money being with them after we've done that vetting mm -hmm. is in good hands and that that guy or gal's not going to run off with it? I know that sounds like an aggressive question, but a lot of people. Well, that's what people, well, that's what they worry about. So if, it, if it's handled properly, which what we're talking about would be, it would be very, very difficult to run off with it. So um, I'll give you the example. So I, using the example of Bank of America in Maryland, right? So people feel safe because uh, they actually walk into a branch office probably and you're handing somebody a check and it goes into the bank and let's say they're working with Merrill Lynch. It doesn't feel that different than just making a deposit at the bank. Right. right. It's just it's just the firm. And so in that in that example, from the uh, advisory standpoint, Merrill Lynch is acting as the custodian. Okay. Um, but then there are plenty of other financial advisors uh, that aren't working through a big bank like you know, Bank of America or Wells Fargo, that type of a thing. And uh, I'll give you an example for talent. So uh, we're a private wealth management firm. Uh, we work with individuals that are either retired or close to it. We're not everything to everyone. We know our clients are typically individuals that um, are looking for the best rate of return they can get. They're just not willing to take a lot of risk to get there. So we believe in active management of portfolios, not hang in there. But when somebody comes to us or any other private wealth management firm, they still need to know that their money is safe. So we utilize custodians. So companies like Fidelity, Companies like um, Schwab, TD Ameritrade. Um, Schwab and TD Ameritrade are now, have now merged, so that's just going to be Schwab here. Um, it really is now, but people still talk about TD Ameritrade. Um, okay. There are other custodians like Altruist. So there, there are custodians out there. And what happens is if somebody comes to work with us or another private wealth management firm utilizing a custodian, their money doesn't come to uh, the firm, does not come to Talon Wealth in this example. The money would actually be at one of the custodians. So our clients get to choose which custodian they would like to work with. Uh, so if they want to work with Fidelity, they work with Fidelity. If they want to work with Schwab, they work with Schwab. Um, we don't actually have access to their funds, so we can't run away with them. Now, how do we manage the money? Our clients have given us the authority to manage their account on their behalf so we can make trades for them, um, you know, move money around within their account. But I can't go to some country with uh, without extradition you know, laws and just take the money with me. Well, what if I tried to do that? Of course I wouldn't. But if I tried to do that, a million red flags would go up immediately at the custodian, right? And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had this happen, not somebody trying to take money, but somebody trying to break into a client account one time when this client was um, out of town. And this particular client happened to be using Fidelity as the custodian. 
Okay. And uh, I remember it was over the holidays. I think it was like Christmas holiday one year. And uh, I got a call from Fidelia really quick. They said, hey, listen, somebody was trying to get login to uh, this particular client's account. Um, they had the social security number. They had the name. They had the address. Mm. But some red flags went off when they missed a couple of the security questions. Right. Good. So that's the reason for security questions and stuff. As annoying so they, as they are. As annoying as they are. That's the reason for them. Um, and then so I got the call. Uh, and then I called the client immediately. And then the client said, yeah, that wasn't me. Have them, you know, lock it up. So we said, okay, lock it up till he gets back. And, and that was how it worked. But um, that's the reason for the security. We recommend that all the time. You don't know who's going through your garbage. Not everybody shreds their mail. You know, I mean, we hear about fraud all the time and the criminals are getting better and better at it. But knowing your money is safe is obviously very, very important. So there are multiple ways to, to ensure that. I love that. We've got our own responsibility on the front end with FINRA and the SEC's website, and then mm -hmm. also your gut feeling. And then mm -hmm. knowing that your money is not just in the hands of an advisor. You may trust he or she, but knowing that there's a custodian that they have to go through for that active, hopefully, wealth management, like mm -hmm. you do at Talent Wealth with the rest of the team. And I think it's great that we've let everybody know how to make sure your financial advisor is not a crook. Thank you for this. <laughs> Well, a couple of ways to at least, you know, help yourself out for sure. I can't guarantee you that your financial advisor is not correct, but uh, at least do your due diligence there. Yeah. Join the conversation now at guardingyournestegg.com. Advisory services offered through Talon Private Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Talon Private Wealth does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation. Florida License D056341. California License 0N00828. Talon Wealth is the official wealth management team of the Florida Gators. Compensation was paid to Learfield for partnership with the Gators as of January 2023.